Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. You know, there's a site I follow on Twitter. They're on Facebook, too. It's called A Crime A Day. And every day they post out some ridiculous law that's on a federal law that's on the books. And I just pulled one of them out so um i don't even remember what day last week it was um but it said a crime a day and it gives all the uh, you know the letters and numbers that make up the statute and it says makes it a federal crime to sell canned mushroom pieces and stems unless the stem and cap pieces are irregular shapes and sizes and i mean yeah stupid huh so ridiculously stupid you wonder how did we ever end up with a law like that on the books but it tells you there if you follow this website or even just go take a look at it on twitter or facebook or whatever and you'll see just how ridiculous it is and how out of control it is and how we really do have to find um a way to rein in because seriously our government can make any of us a criminal any of us a criminal now someone else told me last week maxine waters you know crazy maxine goofy maxine waters i have not seen this in the video form so i'm reluctant to believe it but considering some of the other things that maxine waters has said she was quoted last week as saying the next Supreme Court justice should be an illegal immigrant. Think about that, people. Think about that. That's what the left has 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 morphed into. So we're 45 days away, 45 days away from the election. Uh, early voting started yesterday. This is a this is a big deal. So 45 days away, but you can already start voting via absentee ballot uh, starting yesterday on Friday. Uh, come there, we have no excuse absentee ballot, so you can just go to your, if your elections are handled by your city, you can go to the city hall. If it's handled by your county, you can go to the county, uh, and you can, there's no excuse, so they will mail you a ballot out, and then uh, when it gets a little bit closer to the election, like uh, about a week before They'll actually open up some early voting places. Remember I told you I worked at the Shoreview Library for the, for the primary? Uh, and yeah, we, we had a pretty good turnout. Uh, I think we did a really good job, but we, we really do have to, I have a list of, I want to say three or four names of people who saw uh, something weird happened or had some question about our our lawsuit that we won at the United States Supreme Court uh, that I still have to get back to and I should do it sooner rather than later so we can start spreading the word to make sure people are keeping their eyes open for voter fraud because it it's this is this is a big deal people it doesn't matter how many time you count or recount the ballots if the person who cast the ballot is not legal to cast a ballot then then it nullifies your vote it cancels out your vote this is something we all have to be concerned about we all have to be worried about and yeah there's things that you can do to make sure uh that our elections are um uh, uh, above board are honest that we have faith and confidence and trust in in our elections uh john howe 
running for Secretary of State. We'll, we'll try to get him on in the next couple weeks. I also know uh, Jim Newberger will be on with me next week. Uh, these are really important elections, people. If you want to turn things around, if you want to, uh, if you want to turn things around, you really, you really, really, really have to get out and get out and vote. Uh, in Minneapolis, they they were really pushing hard for this early voting. In fact, the Democrats got together. They had a um, uh, get-together down, uh, I don't even know where it was, must have been Hennepin, Hennepin County Government Center, downtown Minneapolis. They had a very, very small turnout. Uh, I heard as of 10 a.m. Friday, it was a very slow start to the early voting in Minneapolis. They had had 10 people cast ballots at the early voting center, and they had been open since 8. But in Minneapolis, the city had already mailed out nine thousand ballots that morning uh and that's that's a lot and this is a this is a big race stan asked a really good question when we were uh working on some pre-show prep and we were talking about voter turnout for the for the midterms and of course in a non-presidential year not as many people vote this is a little bit different especially in minnesota because we have an open governor seat which makes for a huge draw uh jeff johnson's doing a great job uh tim waltz is a liar Mm-hmm. He lied on Almanac, said he didn't support a gas tax. Guess what? It said right on his face, right on his website that he supports a gas tax. Whoops. Yeah, but he's backtracking on that one a little bit. But you know what? That's what politicians do. They flip. Uh, Tim Waltz can't be trusted. He can't be trusted on um, making Minnesota a sanctuary state. That's what he said he wanted to do. He can't be trusted um Tim Waltz cannot be trusted on immigration. He can't be trusted on health care. He wants to make Medicaid for all, Medicare for all. Uh, he can't be trusted on the gas tax. He certainly can't be trusted on guns, for heaven's sakes. Talk about a flip-flopper, flip-flopper there. But when you talk about, um, when you talk about voter turnout, remember, Minnesota has the long, one of the longest in person voting period of any state so it's almost a month and a half before election day that began that happened in 2013 thanks democrats yep that was all you when a no excuse bill passed the state legislature that says you don't need an excuse you can just uh you can just go ahead so normally in an election year in 2016 for example voter turnout reached nearly 75 percent in minnesota that's one in five voters casting their their ballots um, early. The rest of them went on on election day. But I want you to think about when they talk about 75% in Minnesota, they're talking about registered voters. They're not talking about people. So really, there's a whole lot of people in Minnesota who aren't voting and who aren't paying attention. But normally in a non-presidential election year, voter turnout is much lower. They're saying because there were 900,000 ballots cast in the primary, uh, which is like it hasn't been that high since like 1982 or something. They said that's a, a prediction of what's going to happen in November. Well, it really isn't. The bigger prediction is we've got two Senate seats up. We've got an open governor's race. We've got the whole entire Minnesota House of Representatives. We've got some super big, big, big uh, members of Congress up there. Um, I want to see Amy Klobuchar lose. I want to see Tina Smith lose. I want to see Tim Waltz. I want to see all the Democrats lose. There is not a Democrat I will vote for this election cycle. Not one.
Yep, I said it. Not one. But the new Cook political report came out, and Minnesota 2, CD2, is a toss-up, was switched from a toss-up to lean Democrat, and Minnesota CD3 was changed from a toss-up to lean Democrat. That's Eric Paulson, and that's Jason Lewis. I don't think Jason Lewis is in trouble. I think Jason Lewis is going to do, I think he's going to win. I think he's going to beat Angie Craig, because I think she's an absolutely horrible candidate. And I think the people in CD2 won't be fooled. That said, if you live in CD2, get out and help Jason. Get out there. Help him. Help all the other Republicans while you're at it, too. Uh, in Eric Paulson, shame on you, Eric Paulson. You have made this race so much harder than it needed to be. So much harder than it needed to be. And Eric Paulson is so worried about trying to show all the independents and Democrats what a great moderate squish that he is, that he's done nothing to keep his base happy. Eric, we're not happy with you. So you better get on the ball. You better figure out what's going on. God knows you have enough money. So get out there and start doing doing what you're supposed to doing supposed to be doing. Larry Jacobs, I don't know what Larry Jacobs was is yeah, I, I just don't know. He was on KSTP talking about the KSTP survey USA poll that talked about Democrats being solidly ahead in the Senate races and in the gubernatorial seat. Yeah. Folks, remember we heard that before. We heard Hillary was going to win. Remember, we heard all that before. And what did John Gilmore tell me? Um, John Gilmore said, any poll that you're looking at in Minnesota, just add 10 points for the Republicans, which, yeah, is probably too true. Larry Jacobs came out and said that he thinks the Democrats are going to keep the two U.S. Senate seats and they're going to win the gubernatorial race. And he thinks the Dems are on the Democrats are on track to take back the Minnesota House. Larry, hey, you should be ashamed of yourself. He's wrong, wrong, wrong. But it just goes to show you, folks, Republicans, Libertarians, Independents, get out there. Get out there. Get involved and vote. Uh, by the way, Lori Swanson, you know, there's with all the Keith Ellison stuff, there's uh, lots of questions out there, lots of whispers out there that Lori Swanson is building towards a write-in campaign for the attorney general's office. And uh, she came and shut that one down uh, pretty good this past week. She said people have too much time on their hands developing conspiracy theories. That is a no. She says she'll fill out her third term with passion and gusto. And by the way, let's pay attention to Elian Omar in CD5. Yeah, that two husbands and immigration stuff. That should trouble everyone. Uh, not to mention her anti-Israel tweets. That should really trust people, too. The Democrats are working hard. They were out door-knocking door knocking last week in the pouring rain. They said it seems crazy to door-knock in the weather, but they want to visit every home. These are in seats that are, that, that they're hungry, absolutely hungry to win. They said they're experiencing a 75% contact rate, and that people were very friendly. Uh, Jim Reed who's in 13B, uh, Jim Reed said, I'll take the rain. I'm not going to melt. Uh, the Dems are pushing a 
uh, an agenda. It's called, what is it called? Minnesota Values Plan. We'll talk about the Values Plan, and we'll talk about fine job Minnesota College Republicans at the University of Minnesota. Uh, they know how to fight back, and they're doing it. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and com. everyone thank you so much for tuning in okay i told you how hard the democrats are working i republicans i want you to work just as hard the republic the democrats are pushing their agenda for the minnesota house of representatives and i've been hearing about this minnesota values plan and all about this uh supposed agenda that they really think is going to turn minnesota around and they uh, really think it's going to help them win the election. And you can go to the House DFL website and you can read the the whole entire plan. But I want you to look at, I want you to listen to this. The bottom line is their plan, uh, all kinds of promises. Uh, and, and of course, we, we heard this with Tim Waltz, that he had all these promises, but no way to pay for all of it. And he'd just figure out a way. So, yeah, I know. I know that. Yeah. Minnesota deserves better people. But I want you to listen to this Minnesota values plan. And I want you to think, are these the values that are important to you? Are these the values that you want a politician to be pushing forward? And are these values and these promises enough to get you to vote for them because when i read the list i won't vote for a one of them i won't I, I i'm sorry don't trust them don't trust them don't think they understand the role of government and i don't think they understand that they're not our mommy and daddy they're legislators we're supposed to be free people um the Part of the minnesota values plan is to expand min care expand paid sick and family leave time, affordable job training and higher ed, end wage theft, expand pre-K, increase child care funding, and invest in jobs and infrastructure. Okay, so you heard all those. A whole lot of them, folks, are things that are going to interfere in the labor market interfere in our lives they're very expensive and the idea that government should be in charge of pre-k sick and paid paid family leave time employee benefits insurance health care is just absolutely ridiculous and i find it so hard to believe that this is the winning message that i think is going to is going to get them to go back to control the minnesota house of Rep- uh, house of representatives the i'm happy to say there are some people out there who are learning to fight and college republicans at the university of minnesota megan olson put out this uh press release this morning um it was a statement on the left-wing rally held at the university of minnesota right on megan good headline because that's what it was a left-wing rally held at the university of minnesota uh in the press release says the college republicans at the university of minnesota issued the
the following statement in response to Friday's university-sponsored early voting rally. Hmm, sounds good, doesn't it? University-sponsored early voting rally. Well, it included U.S. Senator Tina Smith and former Planned Parenthood Chief Executive Cecile Richards. It has come to our attention that on Friday afternoon, the University of Minnesota CLA Office of Student Experience hosted an event to promote early voting featuring U.S. Senator Tina Smith and former Planned Parenthood CEO Cecile Richards. Unfortunately, what should have been a nonpartisan event was nothing more than a left-wing campaign rally apparently sanctioned by the university. The Minnesota College Republicans say we strongly condemn the university's decision to host such an event, particularly in absence of opposing viewpoints, sanctioning an event without even acknowledging its partisan nature subverts this public institution and the central premise of our democracy. What a great line. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, let me let me repeat that. We strongly condemn the university's decision to host such an event, particularly in the absence of opposing viewpoints. Sanctioning such an event without even acknowledging its partisan nature subverts this public institution and the central premise of our democracy. This fact is a direct threat to the principles of our university. Per its mission statement, the University of Minnesota strives to sustain an open exchange of ideas. But by sponsoring an event that leans heavily in the direction of one particular ideology, the CLA Office of Student Experience violated the university's mission. An open exchange of ideas is impossible without allowing or even acknowledging the existence of other points of view. Friday's events should be of significant concern to all who value our constitutional rights. Right on, Minnesota College Republicans. Quite pleased with you. Quite, quite, quite pleased with you. You know, there was a um, an article, MinPost, no, NPR, NPR, uh, a very interesting article, Why Aren't There More Women in Office?, And it was data from Pew Research Center that showed Republican and Republican-leaning women are roughly twice as likely as Republican men to say there are too few women in office. It was a really, really interesting uh, piece that NPR had put together, and it talked about um, do women have to prove themselves more than men? Do... Uh, do women get less support from party leaders? Do women in politics face gender discrimination? Um, I, I had that on our agenda to talk about today, and I'm going to push it off until next week. But I think this is really interesting because we're seeing so many, uh, so many cases of identity politics where where they're talking about the first transgender getting elected, the first Muslim getting elected, the first Somalian getting elected, the first whatever, more women than ever getting elected. So this identity politics, and Democrats know how to play that game very, very well. Uh, Republicans, you're a little slow to the game. Uh, I, I know, I know. It's because we base things on on the individual rather than on 
than on the identity of the, I I know, that's another story for another day. Uh, But we're going to talk about that, why there aren't more women in office. And the Democrats are really pushing women in office. And I just want to warn you. I want to warn you because I want you to be careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for. We don't want our politicians to come in and not do what's best and right for the state of Minnesota. We don't want them to have an agenda where they stick their fingers into every single piece of our our business. And coming up, we're going to talk about some of the things that are happening at a local level in particularly Minneapolis and St. Paul this week, but it's driving me absolutely crazy because there's no such thing as a nonpartisan race anymore. You've got endorsements by Democrats and some Republicans for city council, for mayor, for school board, for county commissioner. And and they should trouble people because when you're talking about those local levels of government, you're seeing this agenda pushed. And, and I don't think that that's what people are looking for when they're at their lowest uh, when they're at their, uh, when they're in their neighborhoods, when they're in their local communities, they have different things that they want to do. And we talk about this because, um, we had how many, um, oh yeah, 11 cities have already passed, um, an, an ordinance saying that the, to buy tobacco in their city, the age has to be 21. Uh, Minnetonka just became the latest latest city to do that. Duluth and Hermantown are right behind them. This should trouble you, you guys. This should really trouble you. Is that why you elected a city council? Really? They can't keep your streets safe. They can't plow your streets. They can't fix your streets. Do you know I was with a friend of mine? I, I know she's listening, too. Hi, Jerry. Jerry told me last winter, the city of Minneapolis, they didn't have their streets plowed 12 feet from the curb. That is unbelievable. They can't even plow their streets, but they're going to pass an ordinance telling you that you have to be 21 to buy a lousy pack of cigarettes. Are you kidding me? Either you're an adult at 18 or you aren't. And you know what? If you're too stupid to figure out that smoking's bad for you, maybe you shouldn't be voting. Maybe that voting age should be 21, too. Or maybe it should be 26, because that's how old it is for you to get off your parents' insurance. Thanks, Obamacare. All right, we're going to take a we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, let's I got a ton of stuff on education. I have to talk about the minimum wage increase and I want to talk about the homeless encampment. I'm pretty sure it's not going to all fit in, but stay tuned. Strap in. We're still ready to go. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. It is a glorious Saturday out there. I hope you're having a wonderful weekend. I'll tell you, here's an, you know, I know we talked about the the circus the Democrats have made out of the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings in the first hour and now i got something else that's making me irritated something else that's irritating me ir- irritating me and that is the homeless encampment in in minneapolis what are these idiots doing i mean are you kidding me so for weeks now for weeks we've been watching this homeless encampment grow and grow and grow and grow the city of minneapolis said in late august that they were going to work to help uh to address and help the growing homeless population in this giant tent city near hiawatha and cedar they have some hundred day action plan that they thought uh that they said uh would be done by the end of september 
when the city will close the encampment and hopefully have an off-site location so that people can, can uh, I don't know, move their tents to a new location, I guess. So the September 30th deadline is coming up. And I just wanted to um, point out that this this problem is a problem that not only impacts Minneapolis, who's handled it so poorly, but it also impacts Hennepin County, and it also impacts the state of Minnesota. And we have seen, we know homelessness is a problem. We know that there are billions of dollars being spent on homelessness. And one of the, I wanted to talk about this last week, and I think the week before that too, so there was a Minneapolis city council meeting and they were all the city council members and the people who were talking to them were telling them how there's a sense of urgency about this encampment because the encampment is now hundreds and hundreds of people. Some of them are are families and that there have been uh, two or three deaths over there. There's substance abuse. There's others with mental health issues. There's uh, people of all ages, young, old, children, uh, everything. Uh, and Lisa Goodman, Lisa Goodman. And Lisa, I don't know how that woman has remained on the Minneapolis City Council for as long as she has. But I say give credit where credit is due. Uh, Lisa Goodman came out and said, this is the ultimate in homelessness, in a homelessness crisis. Well, no, Lisa, you guys have... Messed it up from the word go, so you can continue to call it a crisis. And almost everything you do uh, makes the crisis even worse. But Lisa Goodman also went out to call out Hennepin County election officials. Now get this, this is her quote, because it's very often, more and more often you're seeing the left eat their own. And so here Lisa Goodman comes out and she says, Hennepin County is twice the size of the city. And it's ironic that they're building a new train for $1.9 billion while homeless people are sleeping on the train. Something we have talked about before here. So I, I do want to give Lisa Lisa Goodman credit where credit is due. How about that, folks? We're going to, the state of Minnesota is going to spend $1.9 billion to build a train so the homeless people can sleep on it. Uh, the other other aspect of this that drives me so crazy is you've got the city leaders getting together and they're discussing plans to roll out these navigation centers. And these navigation centers are supposedly bureaucratic uh, centers that will provide emergency transitional services to address immediate needs. We already have those things in place. We already have those things in place, uh, but it doesn't matter. So, You've got this giant encampment with, what is it, over 500 people now. Have you driven by it? Have you seen it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And all they're going to do is is move it. They're breaking the law. And you know what? The bottom line, it ought to be torn down. They're actually, at the city council meeting, they're actually talking about safe injection sites so that they so that they can have clean needles and medical staff and treatment resources, all the stuff we already have in place, but they're bringing to them to the encampment. And then they wonder why it keeps growing, why it keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. I want to know why they haven't shut it down. I want to know why they let it get so out of control. And a lot of the people, it turns out that they're, they already have housing, 
but they are under the misconception that if they move to the trend, to the camp, that it'll be a faster route to pre uh, to free permanent housing. Um, the whole the whole thing really really troubles me. And you look at the city of Minneapolis coming up with the same ideas that have led to the the huge increases in the homeless the homeless population in San Francisco and Seattle and some of the other LA. Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe. And now there's a homeless problem in DC. I was shocked at how many people were homeless out there. This is Minnesota though, you guys. And I don't know if you noticed, but it's getting pretty nippy, nippy out there at night. And of course, yesterday at their, at their meeting, they came up with a Minneapolis City Council came up with a site that might be a possibility. So they delayed the decision yet again on relocating the homeless camp. And this just frustrates me too. And I mean, talk about a photo op. You've got Jacob Frey, the mayor, and he's with the, Secretary of the Red Lake Nation and they went out and and they said, yep, we've got some the Red Lake Nation has some land on Cedar Avenue. It'll be a great temporary location for the homeless encampment. What are we going to do? Keep moving this around and around and around until we figure it out. I just I, I it's it are, are these people idiots? How, do, how are you? That camp is going to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And Lisa Goodman's right. I don't want to be building a, I don't want to be building a $2 billion train as a place to have the homeless people, the homeless people sleep. It was really interesting to listen to some of the comments uh, when they talked about, uh, about the homeless encampment. You know what a lot of people said? Build it and they will come. Build it and they will come. Yep. So, and, and they must have a new public relations firm because now they've got, uh, everybody's, uh, one big happy photo op and they're calling navigation centers and they're helping everyone. And nowhere, nowhere in this whole mess do we talk about breaking the law. Nowhere do we talk about get a job. Nowhere do we talk about giving up drugs and alcohol. Nowhere do we talk about organizations like churches or mosques or synagogues or temples stepping up to help. Because you remember what happened to the Lutheran church in East St. Paul? Do you remember what happened to them? They got, they got shut down. They, they were not allowed to come in and help and, and help the people. When you look at downtown Minneapolis, we already have St. Stephen's and the Salvation Army and several other places. There is no need to spend another couple million dollars to, on a, on a, on a temporary location. This camp ought to be shut down. Uh, Richard, you want to weigh in on the homeless encampment? Hi, Richard. Welcome to the show. Hi. You know that the the city council of Minneapolis created this problem because the reason they did is because there's not a landlord that'll take a chance on the homeless because if you get caught or if a tenant gets caught with uh, marijuana on the property, you get one disorderly mark against your property, and then you get two disorderly marks, then you lose your license for renting for your duplex or your threeplex or your eightplex or your 21 unit. And who, which landlord is going to take a chance on homeless? Even the, uh, the director of, uh, the problem properties unit said, do not take a chance on the homeless. 
because they'll just cause you more problems. Absolutely. So what's the incentive for the landlord to take a chance on the homeless? There is no incentive. Richard, are you a landlord? Yes, ma'am. In, in Minneapolis? Yes. Can I have Stan, can I, when I put you on hold, I'm not done talking to you yet. Um, can I have Stan put you on hold and will you give me your phone number so I can talk to you off air later on? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Richard, that's not the only thing, because how about the new, um, I agree with you, you're right, the city of Minneapolis just exasperates the problem. The, the, the idea that you have to be licensed is so frustrating, and some of the, some of the other regulations that you have to, it, you have to wonder why people would even want to be a landlord in Minneapolis anymore. But do you know what I just got in the mail? I requested from the city of Minneapolis, I requested, um, information you have to give every new tenant who moves in a voter registration form. Doesn't matter if they're illegal. Doesn't matter if they're not illegal. So I called the city of Minneapolis and said, can you send me this information? I want to see what they have to hand out. And and again, the requirement is so broad. Typical Minneapolis, they come in with a hammer and they say, it doesn't matter that these people are illegal immigrants. They still have to be given a voter registration, uh, a voter registration application. That's insanity. That's bias towards the DFL. And then... It makes the problem worse for a landlord. If you lose a license on two properties, they ban you from being a landlord in the city for five years. Now, what landlord is going to risk all of his mortgages for that kind of uh, uh, disincentive? They're not. Yes. Are, are they trying to get you to buy your property? Well, they don't. They think they can... Uh, uh, what do you call it, gentrify the city by punishing the landlord, but but uh, they're, they should be punishing the people with that are selling crack and not the landlord. Right, right, right. They always come after the wrong person. They did the same thing with bar owners. They did the same thing with convenience stores. They did, oh, and and then they wonder why they kill off the golden goose and nobody wants to nobody wants to live in their city anymore. Okay, Richard, right. I'm going to put you on hold. Thank you so much, um, Stan. Will you get his contact information for me? Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I need some help. But it was kind of interesting too because the the city of Minneapolis, I thought this was so disgusting and so slimy and low, but this is what the city council does. They purposely picked a location that was close to a school. And everybody knows that's not feasible. They know that's not a good idea. They know it's it's uh, horrible. They know people will be angry and they'll be upset. And so at now... They're convinced that this this encamp the new encampment is going to be put right in the middle of the Phillips neighborhood uh, at the roof depot. And that's interesting because the Phillips neighborhood is mostly minority, mostly poor, and they think there will be much less resistance than where all the white folks live. Go figure, huh? So they're making a huge mistake. And, oh, you know where else? They said, how about if we put the homeless encampment at the airport? Another one said, how about if we put the next homeless encampment on the state fairgrounds? And, well, needless to say, that was uh, not well received. Not well received. 
All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll just touch on how stupid St. Paul is because that just drives me absolutely crazy. Uh, St. Paul, I don't know what you're thinking. You're going to jack up the minimum wage and you're stupid. We'll talk about it when I come back. Uh, Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Really appreciate you listening today. (laughs) I've had a lot of fun today. Uh, Great callers, too. Really excited about all the great callers. I like to reward you guys when you do something really good. When when you're bold, when you get out there and not just sit on your butt or talk on social media or or whatever. I was was patting the... um, college Republicans at the University of Minnesota on the back, giving them kudos. And when I was talking about uh, World Car Free Day and the ridiculous National Roundabout Week or whatever other stupid thing they have, uh, I meant to thank my friend Mike McLean out of Richfield. Mike, you are a rock star, and I am very thankful for you. Mike wrote a letter to the editor. Mike wrote a letter to the editor in the Star Tribune. And I don't know if it was because he heard us talking about this this here. I don't know if he saw the Star Tribune. I don't know if he saw someone posting it online, whatever it was. But Mike McLean, Mike McLean wrote this letter, uh, letter to the editor to the Star Tribune. He says, the article about car culture mentions that in order to cut gas emissions by 80%, by 80% by 2050, Minneapolis needs to reduce driving trips by 37%. Mike writes, I will do my part. There is nothing that I'm aware of in Minneapolis that I need or want that I cannot find outside of Minneapolis. So I will take my spending money and go elsewhere. Right on, Mike. When they make it hard for you to get in there to do whatever you want to do, Guess what? You'll find some other place to do it. And Mike is 100% right. One other little tidbit that I wanted to get in here, too. There is a great lawsuit that that I'm watching. This one is actually out of California, and they're fertile ground, like Minnesota. Uh, this new lawsuit that we're going to be paying attention to uh, basically says California's high housing transportation and energy costs are discriminatory because they are a regressive tax on the poor. The suit claims that the state's climate laws violate the Fair Employment and Housing Act because CARB's new greenhouse gas emission rules on housing units in the state have a disparate negative impact on minority communities and are discriminatory against minority communities and their members. We ought to look at a lawsuit like that here in Minnesota as well. This this suit in California also claims that the state climate laws are illegal under the Federal Housing Act because their effect is felt predominantly by minority communities. It also makes a constitutional claim that minorities are being denied equal protection under the law because California's climate regulations are making affordable housing unavailable to them. Oh yeah, that's got it. That's going to be a great, great, great lawsuit to watch. And wouldn't it be interesting if every one of those uh, laws and policies in California 
California was overturned. Yeah, I'd like I'd like that a lot. All right. St. Paul is really on the verge of being stupid. I told you a couple weeks ago that the report came out by the uh, Citizens League. Um, the Citizen League sponsored the St. Paul Foundation's release of a 446-page report. Uh, and these idiots... 446 pages. Uh, and they said, you know what? We're going to take, we're going to increase the minimum wage. We're going to index it to inflation. It's going to happen over the next four to seven years. And honest, it isn't going to hurt anyone. Liars, liars, liars. And it just, it, these crippling policies are the ones that drive me so crazy. These crippling policies mandated by all different levels of government are why, another reason, why I won't vote for a Democrat this, this election. I won't. Not a, not a one of them. And I look at these minimum wage increases and I remember, uh, back when I had my bar and restaurant, Tim Pawlenty, loser. Where is he, by the way? Is he out marching in that Plymouth parade with Jeff Johnson? Oh, silly me. Of course he isn't. Tim Pawlenty's nowhere to be found. Anyway, when Tim Pawlenty was governor, he promised us, promised us, promised us, I will never raise the minimum wage without a tip credit. Sure enough, a week later, he signs a bill to raise the minimum wage without a tip credit. And my bar, it cost me $200,000 on the bottom line. So you have a couple choices when all of a sudden your labor costs are all of a sudden jacked up. Thanks for nothing, Tim Pawlenty. Your labor costs are jacked up. You cut hours and you raise prices. And a lot of the bigger businesses might be able to hang on, but they might not be able to hang on. You know who this is a killer for? Small businesses. Your small and local, your small, tiny um, in the small business owner. It just breaks my heart for these guys. What do you do when government comes in, forces you to have a new mandate, increases your labor costs 20, 30, 40, 50% and says, there, go ahead there, there, you know, your, you know, your whole business plan. Well, we're just reworking it for you. You have to provide this, that, and this. Then they want to throw in sick and paid leave. They want to throw in, Wage theft. I'm not even sure what wage theft is, but they keep talking about that one too. So you've got an industry, you've got an industry that has, ever since the smoking ban, the industry has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. It used to be even during a recession, uh, uh, bars and restaurants would still be able to provide uh, a safety net for a lot of people. Not anymore. Uh, the smoking ban hurts so much more than than everybody realized uh, that once health insurance came in, all of a sudden you had to had to provide your employees with um, with health insurance. Again, you've got to find some way to recruit, recoup those losses, especially in the restaurant business, especially in the hospitality business. Why would anyone want to be a, a server when you could make fifteen dollars an hour pressing computer buttons at 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 you at McDonald's. Why would you want to work? Why would you want to work so hard? You've got um, MnDOT at the at Met Transit is is offering jobs at twenty dollars an hour. And if you wanted to make more money, you could easily go find another job, especially in today's in today's economy. So many people don't understand that government interference is a huge, huge, huge part of the reason for some of the stagnant wages we've seen for so long. A lot of people don't understand that if you 
still have a job by the time we get up to the $15 an hour, your money isn't going to go as far because they're going to have to jack up the jack up the cost of everything just to pay for those benefits. Those taxes might even cause you to lose some of your benefits. High um, government interference imposing into the labor costs kills jobs, people. Kills jobs. And it just... It, I feel so bad for the small business owners. I've been telling you for years now, get out. Get out of St. Paul. Get out of Minneapolis. Go to a place that uh, that understands that you're not their you're not their you're not their ATM machine. Oh, Stan, we didn't get to everything, of course. And you never do. I know, There's I know. There's just too much stuff going on. There is Can't too much to stuff. Out. And you know what? I didn't even get to, to ask about your show, so I hope you have a great show coming up. And guess what, everyone? We'll be back next week. Have an awesome week. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.